Philippians 4, 10 through to 13. Philippians 4, 10 through 13. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Let's open the word of prayer as we study God's word tonight. Dear wonderful and heavenly Father, Lord, we're just so thankful that once again we can come into your house to worship and honour and glorify you. Lord, we just pray that as we spend time within your word tonight and as we just look at some of the examples that are given here in this passage, Lord, that we as believers might be able to follow in these ways, that we might live a life that would honour you, that would glorify you and that would praise you. Help us as Christians, to live faithfully following in your ways, Lord, not walking in our own steps, but that rather walking in your strength and your guidance. Lord, just hide me behind your cross, Lord, allow your word and allow the truths that we can be gleaning from it to be the main focus of tonight. Help us to be able to focus upon you and desire to serve you, we pray. That as we spend time within your word tonight, we might be able to just walk away praising you and taking away things that we can do better to serve you, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. As Paul continues to conclude his letter, he can once again comes back to the gift that the believers at Philippi had provided him. And it caused him to rejoice in the Lord. Right here at the top of this passage, he simply says, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. Especially that the believers, he was rejoicing because the believers had been used of God, used of to meet his need, and he was able to see that their care had continued to him. And he then takes a tangent to speak about his needs and how he's trusting and relying upon God through each and every stage. As we look at this bit of a tangent, we're able to see some wonderful examples of how we are to live as believers. One of these examples comes from the believers at Philippi and the other two examples come from the Apostle Paul himself. And each of them give a wonderful example for how we are to live each and every day. And so this is what we're going to look at tonight. We're going to look at these three examples, one of which by the believers at Philippi and two by the Apostle Paul. As we see three examples of how we are to live. Three examples of how we are to live. The first example of how we are to live is to be caring for others. We are to be caring for others. Look in verse 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. There's no doubt that these believers at Philippi cared for the Apostle Paul. In actual fact, you could go so far as to say that they had a great love for the Apostle Paul. And throughout the time that he had known them, the church of Philippi had done all that they could to be able to support the apostle as he continued to serve the Lord. 
And so at this time, the believers had now sent a gift to him to be able to help him out. And it sent along with that gift, Epaphras. Turn back to chapter 2, if you would. Chapter 2, verse 25. 2.25, it says, Yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. You see, the believers at Philippi had wanted to be able to help the Apostle Paul. They wanted to be able to provide some way that they could assist him. And so what they had done is they had sent a gift to the Apostle along with Epaphroditus to be able to help support him in the ministry. They'd done this because they showed a great care for him. They had this great love for him. And so they were looking to try and provide and help the Apostle Paul in whatever way was possible. It says here, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at, your, at the last your care of me hath flourished again. This phrase here, flourished again, means to something to spring back up. And it's often actually spoken of in regards to plants. I mean, if you look at, at a lot of plants and a lot of branches and trees at the moment, you'll see that a lot of them have some sort of leaves, but they're certainly in that cooling off period of winter. They're not out in full blossom. Rather, they are, have often dropped their leaves off and have left it all. And so that when the springtime comes back through, the, uh, the leaves come back out, the buds come back out, the flowers come back out, and the fruit comes back out. And what this phrase here, this flourished again, is simply talking about the happening that has happened in the past, but has had this un period of quietness. So, for example, with the, uh, the trees and the plants, they would go into wintertime, they lose all their leaves in autumn, has that wintertime where it's simply a lot of the time just the branches. But then when it gets to springtime again, the leaves come out, the flowers come out, and everything flourishes again. Everything blooms again. And that's what this passage here is talking about. And so what had happened is that the believers had been trying to help and support the Apostle Paul, but they'd come to this stage where they hadn't supported him. But now, as they'd sent Epaphroditus with this gift, they had been able to support him once again. Now, the reason for why they hadn't supported the Apostle Paul is unknown. But certainly, Paul must have known there was a certain reason for it. Because he goes on in this verse and says, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. They were careful. The word careful here, of course, means care. And it's not the careful that we would think that we're making sure that we're looking after something that might be delicate. Rather, it's the idea of looking after something or someone and caring for it. So the believers had this care for Paul. They had this caring love for Paul, but they lacked opportunity, as it says in the end of this verse. So whether it was that they didn't have anyone going across to Paul at the time, whether it was that they had such persecution or they had limited amount of funds that they couldn't be able to support him at the time, whatever it was, it wasn't that they didn't want to support him. It wasn't that they didn't want to care for him. They just didn't have the opportunity to support him. And so they were simply just looking in this opportunity. So even though they couldn't actually support him, they wanted to. They wanted to be able to give as much as they could. They just didn't have the chance. 
But then this opportunity arises where Epaphroditus is going to go across and help out the Apostle Paul. And suddenly, as soon as that opportunity arises, they act upon it. They just don't sit back and go, oh, Epaphroditus is going to go across. Oh, we'd better do something. now. Oh, it's too late. No, never mind. Oh, well, he hasn't received anything for a while. It's okay. No, they actually act upon it. They actually do something about it. They make sure that they are caring for the Apostle Paul. And this sets a perfect example for us as believers. And whether it might be supporting and helping missionaries, whether it might be supporting and helping in our local community, whether it might be supporting and helping our pastors or our deacons in some sort of way, whether it might be financial or whether it might be uh, physical, whatever it might be, it's actually using this opportunity that we might have and acting upon it. And I'm sure as the church met in Philippi, that they were possibly, if it was simply the fact that they wouldn't get money over to him, they were probably collecting money week in, week out, day in and day out. So as soon as the opportunity arose, as soon as the chance for them to be able to support them came up, they acted upon it as soon as they could and made sure that they used it. And as believers, we need to make sure that as soon as an opportunity arises, whether it might be in regards to a financial need, whether it might be in regards to a physical need, whether it might be in regards to an encouragement, whether it might be in the needs of someone who needs to Christ, we need to make sure we take care of that opportunity, that we use that opportunity that comes out upon and act upon it straight away. Because sometimes opportunity comes and we simply miss it. And if we miss it, then we're missing out on a chance to show to others the great care that we have for them. And that's what the church of Philippi had done. They made sure that as soon as the opportunity arose, they acted upon it so that they might be able to show their care for the Apostle Paul. And so it's a perfect opportunity for us that as believers and as Christians, we should be allowing ourselves to have those opportunities and utilizing those opportunities to share the gospel of Christ or to help out someone, whether it might be someone within the church or someone we can witness to, we need to make sure that we can show this way of care, just like the church of Philippi did. They used their opportunity when their chance came and we need to make sure that we use our opportunity whenever those opportunities come up that we might be used in the service for the Lord, that we can show to others our caring attitude, our loving attitude, just like the church at Philippi did. And so we need to make sure that we are caring for others. We are to be caring for others, following this example of the church of Philippi. The second example of how we are to live is that we are to be content in all we have be content in all that we have in verses 11 and 12 it says not that i speak in respect of want for i've learned in whatsoever state i am therewith to be content i know both how to be abased and i know how to abound everywhere in all things i'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need do you know what paul didn't complain when things didn't go his way, Paul didn't complain. Whether he was stuck in a prison cell, whether he was a prisoner on a ship, 
whether he was being bitten by a snake, whether he was going through hard times and tribulations, whether he was being persecuted for his faith, whatever he went through, Paul didn't complain during those times. Rather, he was too be being content with wherever God put him. And so even at this time when the Apostle Paul went through this period where the care didn't come for, to him from the church of Philippi, Paul wasn't sitting there going, they've forgotten about me. I mean, I did all that for them. I showed them the gospel of Christ and they've just completely ignored me, forgotten about me. What was the point? No, that's not what he did. He knew what was going on and so he was happy to know that God was going to look after him in those times. He was happy wherever he was, whatever state he was in, whatever position he was in, Paul was content. He knew that God was going to look after him through every step. Chapter 4 and verse 19, he about that. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Paul knew that he didn't need to trust in anything else but in God. But he had to learn it. It wasn't something that come, came natural to him. In verse 11, 11, he says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith be content. He actually had to learn to cope with these situations. It wasn't something that he, as soon as he trusted in Christ, he was in that position that he straight away knew how to be content at those times. He actually had to learn how to live like that. And Paul here in verses 11 and 12 gives some very quick comparisons of how he was content and the times he was content. And so we're going to first get a couple of these positive terms that he uses here. Because so often as believers, we think, well, do you know what? It's, we know it's hard to be content in times of trouble and times of hard times. But we normally think, well, when it's positive and easy and good times, it's pretty easy to be content, isn't it? Well, no, it's not. You see, in times of positive, in times of abundance, as he says here, in times where he is full, and he's no longer hungry, you would think that it would be easy to be able to be content in those times. But a lot of the times when we are in those times, we want more. You know, we might buy a nice house and we go, it'd be nice to have an investment property. We might be in those times and we go, it'd be nice for a new car. Kind of need a new car. We might be in those times and go, got a pretty good job, but there's a chance I could get a pay rise here. It becomes very easy to not become content in those stages, but rather want more and more. And Paul had to learn very quickly. In those times, he needed to be content. He shouldn't be wanting to go after more things, rather being happy with what he's got. Whatever the Lord gave to him, he should be happy with that. Because at those times when we've got so much, it's very easy to forget about God. Because we suddenly start to go out and go, well, 
do you know what? I can, if I just do a little bit of extra work or if I just do something else, then I can be able to get a little bit further ahead on the mortgage repayments. And as soon as I get ahead on the mortgage repayments, I get the house uh, 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 paid off and I can be able to buy something else. You might say, do you know what? You know, such a lovely, lovely time that I'm having, but do you know what? I'm sure I could do something else. I'm sure I could make this better. We need to make sure that when those times of plenty and when those times of abundance come along, that we're just being content with what God has given us. Now, yes, sometimes there'll be times where we need to work more and we are required to be able to use it. But we should not be wanting more and more and more as we get more and more and more. We should be happy with what God has put us in. So we need to make sure that we're content in those times of abundance. And of course, as we all know, we need to be content in those times of negative as well. When we're abased, as he says in verse 12, know both how to be abased. He knows he's been instructed both to be hungry, to suffer need. And all these negatives show the times that Paul has gone through and the times that he knew that he needed to be trusting in God. And we'll get to that very soon because all this just simply flows through down to verse 13. But Paul knows that he needs to be content with what God has put in him. Because as soon as those positive and good times come through, straight after it is, will often be that negative time, that poor time, that time where we really need to be trusting in God, where we really need to be keeping our eyes focused upon Him, knowing as in verse 4, chapter 4, verse 19 says, that he will supply all our needs. We need to make sure that we are content with what he places us in. And so if we're in a time where we're struggling, in a time where the going is tough and we don't know where the next meal might come from or the next pay packet might come from, we can know that we can rely and trust upon God. That we can be content knowing that God will bring it. God will provide it. God will give to us everything that we need. We simply need to be content in these times. I'm sure the life of the Apostle Paul went like a roller coaster. Plenty of ups and plenty of downs. And at the end of the next down, be an up and another down, and another up and another down. And it would have been up and down, and at times he would think he's down, and then he would go even further down. And at times he thought he was up and he then would go further up. But in each stage, whether he was at the lowest of those or the highest of the highs, the apostle Paul was content because he knew his God was in charge. He knew that the Lord was going to look after him each step. And we need to remember that the Lord will look after us every single step, each and every moment, so that we can be simply trusting in him, counting upon him. And that's what... Our third example is that we can do these things through Christ's strength. Because if we're content, then we can be counting on Christ. And that's our third example, to be counting on Christ. Because when we're in those times of high or we're in those times of low, we need to trust Christ. Because we can know that we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. 
You see, Paul states this verse not out of self-glory, not out of the things that he can do, but out of glory to God. He knows that he can rely upon God through those hard times and that God will look after him through each and every moment. And as he says here, I can do all things. There's no doubt in his voice. He says, I can do it, but it's not because of me. It's because of Christ. Christ is the one that strengthens me. Christ is the one that cares for me. Christ is the one that looks after me. And I can do it because of him. And we need to remember that whether we're in those times of low, whether we're in those times of high, we can do it all because of Christ. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I know we can do it with Christ because God promises that there is no things that we cannot do that he wants us to do if we're trusting in him. As long as we have our eyes focused upon the God, following in his ways, following in his footsteps, then he will look after us through each and every moment. The word I... the phrase i can hear is written in the present so it's something that's always occurring and all things is not exclusive because it's simply saying that we can do it all because of him no exceptions no excuses nothing else we can do it all through him and there's a perfect parallel passage that goes with this verse turn to john chapter 15 John chapter 15. Start in verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. There's no way that we can do anything without his strength, without his guidance. There's no way that a vine can be able to survive. Sorry, there's no way that a branch can be able to survive without the vine. The two needs to be able to work together. And in order for us to be relying upon God, we need to be trusting in him and relying upon his strength. For whenever we're relying upon his strength, he promises here that we can do all things. So when we're going through those lows and when we're going through those highs, we simply need to be relying upon the Lord. And all we need to do in each and every step of that is acknowledging him, acknowledging him in each and every step. And he promises that he will direct our path. Like Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6 says, all we need to do is go in his strength. Because if we're going in our own strength, we're going to trip and fall. We're going to burn ourselves out. We'll begin to question the world, question life, begin to question God and ask him what's going on, but simply because we're not trusting in him, we're not relying upon him. Rather, we need to turn our focus from the ways of us to the ways of God setting our focus upon the Lord, setting our focus upon him and allowing our strength to be used of him, using his strength 
in our lives. And if we are doing that, then he will help us through each and every step of the way. We just need to rely upon him. We just need to go on in his strength. We just need to follow this example of the Apostle Paul. Because at those times we can do all when we're relying upon him. Let us count on Christ. Let us use his strength. Not going in our own ways, but going in his ways. That we might be used of him. For if we're counting and relying upon Christ, then it will cause us then to be content in wherever he will have us. And if we are content in wherever we will have us, then he will use us to help and care and aid others. So let's follow these examples. Let's be caring for one another. Let's be content in wherever he places us. Let's be counting and relying upon him through each and every step so that he might be able to use us in our lives. Let's follow these examples and live them out throughout our day-to-day lives. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear wonderful and heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for your word tonight. We just pray that each and every one of us might be following these three examples, that we might be following in your ways to walk after you step by step. We just pray that as we spend time with you each and every day, that our focus might be upon you, that we might be serving you faithfully. Lord, that we might be ready to be used of you whenever you call upon us and that whenever you want us to be ready to go, that we might be ready to be used of you caring for one another and helping one another, just like the church at Philippi did in caring for the Apostle Paul. And then help us to be content in whatever state we are, whether we're abounding in the highs or abased and humbled in the lows. Let's have our eyes focus upon you. And when, when we hit those times, whether it might be a high or whether it might be a low, that we might be able to go on in your strength, not relying upon our own ways, not relying upon what we can do, but rather relying upon you. Lord, help us to be able to use your strength that we might be able to minister for you, we pray. Lord, help us to be able to follow these three examples that we might live a life that would honour and glorify you, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.